What number is this, Jim? Episode 74. John Hughes stops by to talk about Good Times Plus on Record Store Day, and the Zilch crew takes another look back at the Good Times album and the bonus tracks. Oh, and Happy Thanksgiving. Okay, don't, mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short. I'm Zilch. You're listening to Zilch, a monkey's podcast. Welcome to this episode of Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys. Today, I'm joined by John Hughes of Rhino. <laughs> Johnny asked Rhino to send a turkey over for the holidays, and they sent you. Well, they, they know which side their delicious bread's buttered on. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope everybody's ready to chow down. I know I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that turkey high to kick in, so... <laughs> I wait. Yeah, exactly. But there's a lot of people that on Thanksgiving will be standing out in front of record stores across America for something really cool. We have this thing called Black Friday Record Store Day, correct? Yeah, it's uh, a second record store day, which usually takes place in April. Uh, it's a, a coalition of independent record stores that have a very special day where they have limited edition releases that you could get only on that day, very short runs of things. And so it was such a, uh, such a success in April that they've started a second one on Black Friday. Amazing. Now, this will really be of interest to Monkeys fans, and would you like to tell us why, John? Sure. Um, you know, we had uh, a couple of Monkeys Record Restore Day releases, including the really cool logo-shaped picture disc. Uh, we're continuing that tradition with our latest Record Store Day release featuring the Monkeys, which is a 10-inch vinyl uh, EP of all of the Good Times bonus material. So it's the stuff that was kind of parsed out for exclusives around the world, but has never been compiled together in one place. Um, still not on CD, but this is the first time you can get everything, all the bonus material together in one place on vinyl. So it's got uh, two sides, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh -huh. it uh, one side are the Adam Schlesinger productions of Mia Magdalena version 2, and Terrifying, which was written by Zach Rogue, uh, the really cool indie band Rogue Wave. Uh -huh. Terrifying is a great song. We've all heard it. It's been available in the digital deluxe edition. Just, you know, as a point of interest, I don't know if he's mentioned it in interviews. That was Mickey's probably second favorite song from all the sessions. He was really bummed it didn't make the album. Uh -huh. So it's kind of nice to give that a little spotlight and showcase. And side two uh, features the Andrew Sandoval productions, which include Andy Partridge's Loves What I Want, which is previously available only on the Japanese-only CD edition, and the Barnes & Noble 7-inch. And Peter's brother, uh, Nick Torkelson, wrote a really great song called A Better World, which Peter sings a vocal on, and that is on this EP as well. So nice, tidy, on, uh, nice, tidy way to get all these bonus tracks on vinyl. 
cool red vinyl. It's going to be a really cool collector's edition. We want to encourage our listeners to go out to Record Store Day and get a hold of this because it's limited to only 2,500 copies. Good Times Plus will be pressed on 10-inch red opaque vinyl, so get out there and get it. If you want it, you better get on the stick. Is right, John? So this is going to be a tough one, so uh, get in line for this one. This one's going to go quick. Mm-hmm. Well, if you are interested, and what monkey fan in their right mind would not be interested in picking this exclusive... monkey fan is in their right mind, by the way? Well, that's true. We're all kind of touched under our wool hats, but uh, and touched in a good way. So uh, <laughs> if, if you're a Monkees fan, you know you're going to want to get this record store exclusive on Black Friday. And uh, what, a, what a cool way to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. Fantastic. And I want to tell you that all of us here at the Zilch uh, Holiday Table are, are, are thankful for you, brother. Oh, thank you. I'm thankful for every single uh, one of you guys. And most importantly, I am thankful for the monkeys. Absolutely. We all are. They, they brought a lot of joy to our life, whether we're watching the Blu-rays or listening to the music or seeing them live. And it was it was a really great tour this this summer and this uh, fall season as well. And I just want to thank you. I just I just want you to know as a show and, and as the host here and I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of the staff as they're stuffing their face with pie and turkey that we seriously are thankful to you and we are thankful to Rhino. For, for all the stuff that you've been a part of and all the stuff you've been trying to do, and it's, it's just been fantastic. What a great year. Who would have thunk it? I know. I'm, I'm just really thankful and pleased uh, of what, how successful everything's been. And uh, if I can take advantage of you and get one more plug-in. Always. The Blu-ray is still for sale. It is moving fast. I don't know what's going to happen for holiday. This might be it. I had Mickey in here yesterday, in fact, doing an unboxing video, which should premiere in the next week or so, so you'll all see Mickey going through the box himself. But if you haven't gotten yours, you know, you're seeing the numbers now are up to 8,000, so I wouldn't wait. And it and it makes for a great Christmas gift, so go the tell best. your uh, significant <laughs> other, hey, you really want to get me something I want? This is it. This is it. <laughs> so worth it. Absolutely. Well, we want to thank you once again for being part of this. And uh, seriously, go enjoy some turkey and uh, have some fun. You too. Thank you, guys. Go get stuffed. And I mean that in a good way. (laughs) Thanks. Bye, soldiers. Thank you, brother. All right. Thanks, Ken. All right. God bless. We'll see you. Hey, Zilch Nation, it's your favorite Yukon Cornelius lookalike, John Hughes from Rhino. I want to say hello and happy holidays to all of you monkey maniacs. Thank you so much for all your support during the 50th anniversary of all of our favorite band, The Monkees. We've got more fun and surprises coming in the 51st, believe it or not. Make sure you stay tuned to Zilch all throughout the year to get the latest. Hello. <laughs> Our talent has arrived. All right, and we are here on the Good Times Roundtable Edition Part 2. Mm-hmm. 
as everybody's getting ready to celebrate their happiest of Thanksgivings, and we, we all wish you a very happy Thanksgiving as well here at Zilch. And as we take a look back on the good times in the Year of the Monkeys, we also look at the new Black Friday Record Store Day release. Yes, Good Times Plus. With such fine people as Jeff Geringer. Hey, hey, everybody. David Wills, or you may know him as Ghosty. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) The lovely, talented Melinda Gildart. What's up, Zilchers? And the lovely, talented Richard Wolofsky. Here I come, recording on to Zilch. I get the funniest (laughs) looks from everyone at this table. Hey, hey, I can't sing. I can't carry no in a bucket. I hope someone stops me from singing before I get too embarrassed. You scared me with, with the line bucket. I was wondering yeah, I thought what was coming was Exactly. Down. That's what I was waiting on. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> to see I, how that turned out. I, 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 I know I, my podcasting rules. I really thought he was going to say it, but you can't say it on so, so. No, you can only say Actually, it's scary. You can't even say that. So you know, Richard, remember that was one of the uh, trivia questions that we answered at at the record store day to get some nice merchandise. I, was I do what was the that. curse word that they can't say? Yeah, that was the very first trivia question, and you answered it. I did even before he was done asking the question. Well, heck, what am I going <laughs> to yeah, do? But, yeah, but you didn't sound like like this. And I was thinking, who the <laughs> was this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and your eyes met slowly across the room. <laughs> On the day we fall in love. No. <laughs> oh, uh, Ken, it, what am I doing hanging around? I don't know. But it was really neat how they met because Jeff Geringer was getting everyone together to take a picture. And what did you say when you wanted people to say cheese? I said, smile for Ken Mills. No, no. You said, everyone say Ken Mills. I thought, <laughs> that's really odd and very, very <laughs> random. Why would he say that? <laughs> I just thought it was very uh, unique. That's when I came over to you and said, hi, uh, how, how do you know Ken Mills? And he said, I'm Jeff Geringer. It's like, oh, pff, I know who you are. I just didn't know you were living in the next town over. <laughs> yeah. Making <laughs> friends everywhere. One monkey at a time. Yes, one monkey at a time. And he has the coolest wife. He has the kind of wife we all wish we had who shared our joy and excitement for the monkeys. I'm so jealous of him. <laughs> well, I wish I had his wife, too, but that's a whole other episode. So <laughs> Welcome to Zilch. Today we're talking about good times, and I could not pass up having you guys on the show to talk about good times because it's such a great album. I'd like you to do me a favor. I would like you to introduce yourself and say how long you've been a Monkees fan and how long you've been waiting for this and what does good times mean to you. Let's start out with Jeff Geringer. Well, we're at the 50 as well. Started original first generation fan. I've been through a lot of start and stops about waiting for a new Monkeys album. I had to live through Justice, which is another story. I was way excited for this one. David Wills. Well, I've been a Monkeys fan since the early 70s as a small boy. Uh, I am also a Justice apologist, so uh, I was happy with that record. But yeah, I've been waiting 20 years for new Monkeys and new good Monkeys, which is obviously what we got here with Good Times. Mm-hmm. Melinda Gildart. Well, I've been a monkey fan for 35 years since the early 
80s, the reruns on syndicated local TV, and I took a 34-year break. I'm just so much enjoying Good Times because this is my first Monkees album. So I am so psyched. It is so good. And, you know, you just can't pull me off the ceiling these days. I'm just humming all the tunes on the record every single day. My family hates me right now. So, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of earworms on this album. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Richard Wolofsky. I have been a Monkees fan, I want to say, since 1973. So I'm like Generation 1.5. Ever since a friend of mine introduced me to this crazy new show starring these four madcap boys. And I do recall saying, no, I don't want to watch that. I want to go play with my super friend dolls. Little did I know that on this TV show, you could actually see these guys singing the songs. And to me, that was just so revolutionary that I was hooked from that moment on, way back when. And then begging my mother for a, a Monkees album, where at that point, you couldn't really find a, a Monkees album in stores. But then I believe it was, was it Arista? That came out with the Monkeys' Greatest Hits, the one with the orange yeah. cover? Yeah, it was Arista. Arista, okay. I saw that at a record store, and I do remember me screaming at the top of my lungs, the Monkeys, 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 until my mother just gave the cashier all the money in her wallet just to shut me up so I can get this record. Which I had your mom. I used to even go to the beach when I was a kid, and I would pretend... The monkeys were there as as my imaginary friends, and we would all run down to the beach, run back, run down to the water, run back, just like they did in the show opening. And I, I couldn't ever understand why on the show they were running so quickly. I could never run that fast until I went to film school and realized, oh, they, they sped the film up. Okay, yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> so I've, I've been ever since then I've, my, I've always considered the Monkees to be my favorite band and starter collector my favorite all time song even during the dark times of monkey fandom I've always been right there with them very good you know I did that every time I went to the beach up till about 30 so <laughs> you know just the way I well you know I'm 47 and I still do that there you go there you did go did either of you try to ride your bike into the ocean yes yeah <laughs> I, no, no, I didn't ride my bike into the ocean. I rode my friend's bike into the ocean, just in case it didn't turn out well. <laughs> and it didn't. Nice. <laughs> well, so I'm going to like talk about your top five tracks off the album. We'll just go with uh, Linda Gildart. Oh, hipster. Birth of an accidental hipster. Number one, just far and away number one. Born to follow. Second, uh, Peter just completely you know, embodies that, that tune. If there's anybody in the world who ever wants to sing this song, please don't, because Peter Tork owns it, and you're never going to come close. Uh, she Makes Me Laugh, that song, it's, it's still an earworm since it you know, was first released. I, I'm still humming it. I'm still having the imagery of the pink party hats and Scrabble in the mall. It's just it's phenomenal, and, and Mickey just nails it. You know, me and Magdalena, that's just obviously, just Mickey and, and Mike, some of their best work. You know, Door to Summer is one of my favorite Monkees tunes, and this one just really comes close. Um, hearing them, to, them harmonize together is just fantastic. Uh, gotta Give It Time. Oh, yeah, I love that song. That, you know, it reminds me so much of 99 Pounds, which Jeff Berry wrote also, and it just has so much stank on it. It's, it's so funky, and it just rocks. You know, I, I love it. So 
I guess that's my top five. You know, I think that's the first time that a monkey's tune has been said that it's got a lot of stank on it. What was it? Say it again just for posterity. It's got a lot of stank on it. There you Emphasize go. stank. <laughs> that's <laughs> right there. <laughs> so, David Wills, your top five off the album. Oh, boy. Top fives on the album? Well... I'm an Andy Partridge fanatic, so You Bring the Summer is is definitely up there. Me and Magdalena, the album version. <laughs> Birth of an Accidental Hipster. And I'm going to go with a, a, a controversial choice because I really like uh, Little Girl. Mm-hmm. Very good. Jeff Geringer. Well, you know, my songs change from week to week. <laughs> this week, it's our, our own world. I just keep walking around the house going, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and first that bothered me, and now I, I love it. Um, I'm also really digging whatever's right. I, I love the sound of the song because it really does sound like the thing you do from the movie. And the fact that Boyce and Hart have done a song for the Monkees 50 years later, I think is just way too cool. And other than that, it's the three main ones. You Bring the Summer, which I think should have been the first song on the album. She Makes Me Laugh. And finally, I got I to gotta throw two of Mike's songs in because he really threw me a curve. That song, I Know What I Know, r- reminds me so much of While I Cry from Instant Replay. Mm. Um, Mike really opens his heart to me on this song. I mean, I was just, and I'm still blown away by it. It is so melancholy and such a song of unrequited love. It's just, it's just beautiful. Just, uh, it's just awesome. And of course, me and Magdalena. So that's six, but what the hell, I'm old. Very good. Richard Wolofsky. Ever since Just Us came out, I've been really fearing the next Monkees album. I don't know what happened on Just Us, but it was just so poorly mixed that I I listened to the album once and moved on with my life. So when I heard this album was coming out, oh boy, was was I very hesitant. And then I heard Good Times and all had been relieved. I was so happy with this song. So I'm gonna say that this has an honorable mention of being number one because this really made me feel great about the rest of the album. Next, I would put You Bring the Summer. There has to be one summer song each year, and 2016's summer song is You Bring the Summer. Like I was saying on the episode of Zilch, that Sarah and I have driven down to the beach about six or seven times just so we can play this as we're rolling up to the, to the shore. So I love that one. Birth of an Accidental Hipster, I love because it sounds like something they had recorded back in 68 and it just been found today. And I love the Mickey and Mike duet. Love that very, very much. And that's, that is my go-to song when I put Good Times into the, into the CD player. I always go to that one, even though I really love You Bring the Summer and She Makes Me Laugh. Was that four or five? I don't know. But you know what? Let's just round that off with... I don't think any of us can count right now. Yeah. <laughs> All of us got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Because yet, like it was just mentioned, it's, it changes week to week or day by day. But love to love, I, I want to love love to love. But I think Sarah Clark had mentioned on the original roundtable that she was hoping for a little bit more. I was hoping for so much more on love to love, but... All I really hear that's different is the reharmonizing by by Mickey and I think Peter's in there too. 
I was hoping for yeah. a little bit more, maybe another verse or something that really incorporated all four monkeys. They also seem to do something sonically with the, the mix. For example, it seems like there's some parts of Davy's voice that are pulled out a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, certain parts of the instruments that pop a little bit more than they did. So it, was, it, it definitely was a new mix of the old stuff. If you, if yeah, I, I, I just think they could have gone a little bit more with it. And that, that's what I was hoping for. Yeah, I think they really missed. The, are we going to talk about which our least favorite song is? You're on my jumping the gun here. You're jumping the gun, sir. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll shut up. It better not be love to love, Jeff. <laughs> oh. Can I also add, I know what I know, and uh, make mine six, just like Jeff, as long as we're, we're all confused? Sure. <laughs> my list of favorites, because I'm sitting here going, how, how, how could I have forgotten about that song? That, that one shakes me to my core, that song. You know, it really does. And the weird thing is, is that I never expected Michael Nesmith to be that stark and open. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. There's I mean, always that, that been like this is... fence that he you know kept you at, at arm's length. But that song it's 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 wide open and I'll tell you if anyone wrote a song like that for me, I'll just I'll fall in love with them all <laughs> over again. And well, I'm maybe in he love. Did, maybe he did write that for you. But he, uh... he did? Hold on a second, then I got some shtick. I'm in love, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Anyway. <laughs> that song is the musical equivalent of the last scene in Chaplin's City Lights. Ah. For any film buffs out there. There you go. Oh, excellent analogy. Yeah. You know what? If I can pick a five or six song, I'm, I'm going to go with the monkeys theme. <laughs> Wait a minute, which album are we talking about? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, let me scroll down. Okay, all right, I'm sorry, let's, let's continue. <laughs> I, I was on the wrong album, I, I apologize. I was looking at the Monkees 50th anniversary CD box set that I had won at the Monkees listening party in Long Beach, California. Booyah! I just dropped the mic. Jealous. <laughs> had to fit that in there somewhere. <laughs> Very good. And, and, and JJ is one of my favorite characters. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong, wrong thing. Wrong good times. From, from good times. <laughs> <laughs> so we've talked about our five, six, or well, seven I favorites. I didn't get Eight, six. Nine, I didn't get all six. All over the board. You six. know what? I'm going I'm to throw Star Collector in there too. Sure. It's my favorite <laughs> but, song, so I'm just going to throw that in there. But there are songs that are not in our top five, six, seven, or four. <gasps> and it doesn't mean that we hate them. It just means that for every favorite song, there is one song not as favorite. <laughs> so, Jeff, I'm going to ask you if, if there is a, I'm not going to say skippable, but ones that you don't necessarily look forward to. Which, which are those two? Oh, Melinda, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's love no! for love. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I was disappointed. First, I thought it was really cool on a, on the previous um, roundtable. Melanie Mitchell told the story that this song was completely new to her. She'd never heard it on the Missing Link. She didn't hear it on any of that. And see, I'm the complete opposite. This this track was part of a bootleg that came out of Hawaii in the late '70s, and the speed was wrong and it didn't sound right. But I loved the song. And then it was on an Australian collection from 1979 called "40 Timeless Hits of the Monkeys," which was really cool. And then it was on all, all the Missing Links. Um, 
my problem with this is I wanted it so bad emotionally to be all four guys. Um, I think the song could have worked. I wanted to have a monkey's version of Free as a Bird. Um, and, and the fact that Mike's not a part of it, and even the vocals that Peter and Mickey do are really kind of mixed in the background. It, it was the one disappointment to me. I still love the song. I sing the song all the time. But I just think a, a giant oops was missed here by not having all four guys reunited again one more time. So you liked what they did. You just want more of it. I, I, wanted, I wanted Mike, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to be able to hear the guys. Mm-hmm. It is hard. You're right. It's hard to, to criticize this album because it really is so deep and so good. And John Hughes, and thank God for Andrew, but uh, I, I just wish they would have kept the emotion part of getting all four guys back together. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. They say you need love to love. You gotta have love to love. They all say it works that way, but if it's true, why do I love you? Why do I love you? Okay, Melinda Gildart. What is what is a song that is not your go-to track on this album? Well, first, can I get my number six? <laughs> sure, go ahead. It, it is Love to Love. I'm sorry. It is absolutely Love to Love. And so take that, Jeff Geringer. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, I, I've heard the song before. You know, I Missing Links and Headquarters Deluxe. And I heard the song, but nothing can replace me playing that song and hearing Davy's voice come out of my stereo, it grabbed my heart. Nothing can replace that. I'm sorry. This version, it sounds, I mean, it's not dramatically different, but there's just something about the clarity of his voice and, and, and Mickey and, and Peter's harmony. I'm sorry. It, I love Love to Love. It's, it's just something new for me, and it's, it just brought me closer to Davy when I heard his voice come out of the stereo. I'm sorry. Jeff, <laughs> you heartless person. <laughs> no, we're we're both on the same level here. We both love the song. It's just I wanted Mike on it. That's all. Yeah, we we all dig that. So, what is the one track you don't necessarily gravitate to, Melinda? Uh, you bring the summer. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you bring the summer. I and I can't what? listen to the first two minutes of it. I skip to two minutes and ten seconds to when they start harmonizing it at the end, and I just wish that it can be a 30-second loop <laughs> to make an entire three-minute song. You're a cold-weather person, aren't you? It's the she only is. explanation for that. <laughs> no, I'm, no I'm, I'm not feeling that one. I'm really not. Okay. And Richard Woloski, yours. I know you said we're not lo- we're not looking at this as a skippable track, but mm-hmm. I got to admit the one track that I do skip is "Little Girl." It really? Just, it, yeah, I think after hearing "Love to Love" and accepting the fact that it wasn't what I wasn't what I was hoping for. However, when I did first hear it, I I got to admit I was shedding tears. It was it was to me very emotional hearing Davy on this new 2016 Monkeys album. And I think Little Girl That Follows It, it paled in comparison. And I think it suffered because of that. But still, it's just a little little too slow for what I want this Summertime Monkey album to be. 
And then I do have to also mention that about Mickey's stock answers. In the song, I was there, and I'm told I had a good time. If I hear him say that one more time in an interview, I'm going to scream. <laughs> that and the Vulcan reference, just take that out of your repertoire, okay? So when I saw that a track was titled, I was there, and I'm told I had a good time, I thought, I don't know if I want to listen to this right now. But it turned out to be a really good song, and I love the blooper in the end when he drops his drumstick. Yeah. You know, one of the unreleased songs that they didn't put out was, and I sang this before Shrek. <laughs> yeah, that's on the text. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. I'm waiting for, I've got some prenatal work coming out. <laughs> <laughs> so, David Wills, what is your not go-to track, if you will? There is no such thing on this album. Ah. I don't have a problem with any of the cuts on this record. There's not one that I skip. I listen to this album on my way to work, which is about a 40-minute drive, and uh, I listen to the whole thing on the way in, on the way out, and I love it. I don't think there are weak tracks. Speaking to Love to Love, I, I can't speak for what John Hughes and Andrew Sandoval had in mind, but mm-hmm. my my guess would be that they wanted to find a song with a Davy vocal that was of the same high quality as the other cuts on the album. And Love to Love is a really strong uh, song from uh, Neil Diamond. I mean, I guess you could make the argument, oh, Penny Music is better, you know. But for me, I think Love to Love uh, works in the context of the album. I've seen uh, people say some, you know, not-so-kind things about Little Girl, which I also like, which feels to me almost like a Doors song at times. Mm. Um, I don't think there's, uh, yeah, like something like Love Street by the Doors. It's very similar. Um, I don't think uh, there's a bad track on it. And I haven't said that about an album <laughs> in, in I, I can't even remember the last album where I could say there's not a bad song on it. What, Synchronicity by The Police? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think there's a bad song on this record. I agree. The uh, correct answer is there are no bad songs on this album. That's right. Ding, 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 ding. There's a good time coming on. I can feel it in my bones. Said a good time coming on. I can tell it won't be long till there's dancing in the streets again. Music everywhere. There'll be people wanting people, yeah. Well, I have to ask this song, was there any song that made anyone cry? Oh, Nez, right away. Yeah. I know I know what I know. Because, you know, it was one of those things, you know, I, I'm older now, and so I tend to pick up on lyrics quickly. But like when, when While I Cry came out on Instant Replay, it was just a song, and I didn't pay much attention to it. And then this woman dumped me, and I discovered the song, and I just like, oh, my God, Mike knows what I'm going through. And that's the way I thought. I thought he really bared her soul on this one. Mm-hmm. Wow, we had the same experience, Jeff. We, we, we've been dumped a lot, I guess. Was her name? <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> no. Melinda Gilder, was there any song that emotionally touched you? Uh, three. You know, first, Love to Love. 
obviously my eyes were watery. You know, they teared up definitely hearing, you know, Davy's voice. Um, but yeah, Mike's song, um, you know, I equate it more with his acoustic demo for Nine Times Blue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first heard that, it, I was just floored. And to hear his voice, you know, here we are 50 years later, and that same raw emotion, you know, it, it does, it just really captures you. And, you know, I thought about Johnny Cash's Hurt also. And he, you know, that same emotion, it was just phenomenal. Um, but then also, you know, Peter's uh, born, I wasn't born to follow again. The way he sang that song, you know, obviously it's his best vocal ever. But, you know, with, you know, Goffin and King's lyrics, it just touches you. And it's, it's just phenomenal. I, I teared up at that one also the first time I heard it. Very good. Richard Wolofsky, any emotional moments for you? I wasn't expecting to be as emotional over Love to Love as I was, but when the song started up, it, it just hit me. Hearing Davey's voice on this album, like I was saying before, it just hit me in a way I wasn't expecting. And, and uh, Sarah and I were driving back from the record store, and I, I had to pull over. Like, what? whoa, whoa, what? I can't believe this. And I just sat and listened to the song and explained to Sarah what the song was all about and why it's on this album. And, and wow, head, head blown there. And yeah. also, I got to say, me and Magdalena. It's such a, a visual song, and I love, I love the way Mike sings it. He's he's telling a story. He's painting a picture when he's singing this and singing about driving along to Monterey, and which is up in Northern California. And Sarah, my wife, and I have driven up north plenty of times, so I was really visualizing that. So that song really hit me hard because of the way Mike. Mike visually sings the song. Very good. And of course, the correct answer for our panel is the most emotional moment of the album is when it was over. So, but the good thing is you could get happy again by pressing play once again. Does anybody agree with the Beatle type thing in I Was There and I'm Told I Had a Good Time? Oh, big time. <laughs> even, even Sarah said, wait a minute, is this, is this the Beatles? <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. But yeah. I, yeah God, very Sergeant Peppery. Yes, yeah, very Sergeant Pepper at the beginning. And Mickey, it's weird, he goes from channeling John Lennon as Dr. Winston O'Boogie from like John Lennon's rock and roll album to Paul McCartney on his solo album going, you know. Sorry about that, folks. No one should be subjected to that. If I can sing, you can sing. Hey, you know what? As long as you're doing it via Skype, 
Yeah, it's well, fine by me. Just, <laughs> I want to hear every video, every everyone has to sing only through Skype from now on. From now on, it's all Ticketmaster now opens up their new Skype concert series. Right. If they can get away with it, they will, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> What's been one of the coolest things with this whole experience? I mean, we're in 2016. If I would have told you two years ago, there's going to be this thing that we're going to dub the Year of the Monkeys. And John Hughes, the, the, the VP of marketing at Rhino, and he, he's going to come on this show. First of nobody would have believed that, right? And then Andrew Sandoval is going to come on our show. No one would have believed that. And not only that, we're getting the Monkeys on Blu-ray, and we're getting a new album. And the Monkeys are still going to be touring. Who? I think you would have looked at me and thought, yeah, I doubt it, right? Well, you know, it really has become a celebration for the fans. That's, that's really the way I look at it. Rhino has done such a wonderful job of doing so many things for the fans, keep the fans informed. I mean, to me, it's a celebration for, for us as much as it is a celebration for the guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Melinda? Oh, my goodness. I just don't think that we can thank them enough for for keeping this going. And, you know, remember, I, I went through the whole catalog as an adult just a few years ago, and I was perfectly content with just listening to the records from the 60s. And 1970 changes, changes, woo, you know, and even Pool It Injustice. And so I was good. And this is just beyond my wildest dreams to have a new Monkees record tour and all of this other stuff. I never thought I would see them in concert. I never thought we would get another uh, new album. So I'm, you know, just over the moon right now. Very good. And, uh, you know, you mentioned going through the Monkees catalog. I remember David Wills going through the Sears catalog for another reason when he was a teenager. But we'll, we'll skip that. that you also, did that too, that huh? Also, yeah, that, that also brought me to tears. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know what? They're doing this for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> So, David Wills, tell us uh, what Good Times means to you in 2016, and what was it like? I mean, what was your biggest surprise? Well, my surprise, I guess, was just how great the album was. And I, I hate to be one of those people, because I've heard other people complain when, when someone says, Joy, it's so unusual. The Monkees have a great album. I don't mean it like that. I I just was surprised that... I was more surprised by myself because I really, <laughs> I really don't enjoy much new music at all, to be honest. And I heard this record and I immediately wanted to listen to it again. And I haven't felt that way since I was a teenager or in my 20s. I, I just don't consume music that way anymore. But with this album... I found myself listening to it over and over and over again. And uh, it's just unreal because I was someone who's, ah, you know, I'll listen to an album once maybe and that's it. But I listen to this all the time. That's the biggest surprise to me. You know, there's a question I simply have to ask. Have you listened to this album more than you have Just Us, Richard Wolofsky? Oh, by far. Yeah, yeah, by far. Uh to to me the the new music means the monkeys just us back in 96 i just i don't understand music these days it's just noise but just us uh, it just it just wasn't what i was hoping it would be so i think i listened to that one time where 
good times. I listened to that maybe 10 times that first night. It was just so good. Sarah and I were just driving around Long Beach listening to this and rolling down the windows. And I was just so happy just to spread the word of the monkeys. Mm-hmm. And when not uh, podcasting or causing havoc for security at Disney, <laughs> Richard Wolofsky can be seen wearing a sweater on his porch, yelling at all the kids as they drive. <laughs> Your kids, get off my lawn. Turn down that music. Yeah, get off my lawn. So I used to live right by the Hollywood Bowl, and every night when the concerts would let out, people would just be rolling down the street and for hours. And I would ask them, hey, who'd you guys go and see? And they would tell me a band I never heard of. Every single time, never heard of. You know, when you said that rolling down the street, sipping on gin and juice, laid back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Oh, so you were there too? Yes. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so you I was were, you told were, you had a good time. I was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did have a good time. So you were and you were asking Ken Snoop Dogg Mills. <laughs> so you were asking if we were. Ex- uh, Surprised by good times. And since the monkeys were off and on for so long, I wasn't really surprised when they came back. I was very excited. And the first time I'd ever heard they were coming back was on an episode of Zilch. I think that's what got me into Zilch when I heard the monkeys were coming out with a new album. So I immediately tuned in. But I don't remember being surprised at all. I was just excited. I knew sooner or later it was bound to happen. Very good. She may beg and she may plead and she may argue with her logic and mention all the things I'll lose that really have no value. Though I doubt that she will ever come to understand my meaning, in the end she'll surely know I was not born to follow. We have this problem as monkeys fans, and it's a it's a, it's actually a good problem to have. I don't know what to do about these four other songs <laughs> because in my mind, I remember the days when you'd buy an album and then you'd buy an EP or a forty-five and so on and so forth. There are four songs. We're going to talk about them. This is the first time we've really gotten to go in depth on these, and I'm going to do a classic roundtable style going around the room here. Uh, let's talk about terrifying. Here, play a little bit of that now. Open my eyes and see you look back at me. So much information when no words are spoken. So high Just thinking of you Feel just like a schoolboy Forgetting my own name How much do you think The person that you are Well, 
Melinda Gildart, what are your thoughts on Terrifying? I really liked it. You know, obviously, you couldn't put every track on the album, mm-hmm. but this could have easily fit on the album. Um, I think Mickey does a great job on vocals again, but you know it has a, a you know catchy melody again, just like most of the, of the tracks on this album, and it it could have slotted in anywhere. I I think it's great. Richard Wolofsky. This song really makes you think about yourself and, well, how terrifying that can be sometimes. It starts off where Mickey is singing about being in love, then the song turns around. Has he been lying to himself about who he is, or have others been lying about who he is? Then you start thinking about your own self, and, well, who hasn't done this before, where you think, wait a minute, am I what I think I am? And I love the part where he's talking about spending the me time alone to re-meet yourself. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that everyone should do. And it's, it's, a, it's a heavier monkey song that I think should go in a category with going down. It's very introspective. And I, I love the, the 90s guitar plucking sound. Yeah. It, kind of like early morning blues and greens, that kind of thing. Yeah, Duran Duran used a lot of this on, on the wedding album in the 90s. And this, this reminded me of, of that same kind of sound. Yeah, well, I meant lyrically. Like oh, lyrically. Talking about introspection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this is available on the Amazon Deluxe version and on the iTunes Deluxe version, or you can go on HD Tracks and buy it. Jeff Geringer, your thoughts on Terrifying? Um, I did buy it, and I, I do have you know uh, questions about the four bonus tracks. I, I wish they were more incorporated, but referring to Terrifying, uh, of the four bonus tracks, it was my least favorite. I, I just thought it was a little too simplistic. I thought the the lyrics were simple, and certainly some of the melody lines were were just too weak for me. You know, sometimes bonus tracks or unreleased songs are unreleased for a reason, or 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 B sides. Yeah, thing. you know, sometimes you know they come out with. I remember when some of the uh, missing links things, and you know, teeny tiny gnome, and you're going, oh, okay, or even apples, peaches, bananas, and pears. Going, yeah, I, I see why that didn't make the album. <laughs> And so with Terrifying, I kind of look at it that way. They, they could have easily had you know, time on the album. I know they wanted to keep it the same length as the typical Monkeys album. But yeah, they wanted to go classic in that round. Yeah, but no, it was just, Terrifying was just too simple for me. Mm-hmm. Also produced by Adam Schlesinger, uh, David Wills, your thoughts on Terrifying? I love it. I think it should have been on the album. I think it's a strong cut. I feel kind of bad that Zach Rogue is the, uh, as far as we know, the only contemporary artist who <laughs> didn't get a song on uh, the record. I, I think it's just a great performance. Uh, it would slot in well on the album. And of the four bonus cuts, it's my favorite by a long shot. <laughs> so, Our next track, also off the deluxe version, also produced by Adam Schlesinger, is Mia Magdalena version 2.
Jeff Garinger, your thoughts on Mia Magdalena Part 2, or Version oh, 2. I, I think it's so cool. You know what's cool about it is the original version is so beautiful and so melodic and so um, uh, wistful. And this one, you know, I, I almost sounds like a Nirvana-type song when it starts. If I didn't know it was me and Magdalena, I had no idea where they were going. Um, but no, I think it's just way too cool. It's certainly different than the first one, completely different in tone and structure. I love the original one best, but I think this is very cool. Very good, Melinda Gildart. Had I never heard the original, then this version would be okay. I, mean, I love the instrumentation. Uh, it's you know, it's definitely it kicks ass, but it's just that the original is so beautiful. It's it's just on another level that. I never just go and play this one. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm always listening to the original. And when I hear this one, it's almost kind of a letdown. Um, I love the tambourine because I imagine, you know, Davey playing a tambourine with, with the guys. But other than that, it's, it's just not a go-to track for me because I, I'm just enamored with the original version. Mm. So. Very good. Richard Woloski. The best thing I can say about me and Magdalena version 2 is I love the presence of the tambourine. Best <laughs> instrument ever. Yes. <laughs> Beyond that, well, I don't think I'm alone here by saying the album release is far superior and that Mike is taking you on a journey. Whereas this one here feels more like you're going to a crowded beach, still with your loved one, but... <laughs> It's the parking lot's over jammed. They're charging way too much. People next to you are throwing their frisbee and it's hitting you in the head every third time they throw it. So, wonder you don't like the beach. I hate the. <laughs> I'm not speaking of, out of any any kind of personal experience, but that's just I consider this a beach album, and this song here, uh, it's just so far below me and Magdalena, the original version, and I don't like the fact that the very nice viola sound is lost. Yes, we get the tambourine, but we lose the viola. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I get, I, get yeah, two, I have two monkey tambourines, one signed by Davy Jones and one from the concert sitting up here in my monkey's display in my office. <laughs> Join the club, Pally. Same thing. Oh, yeah? Yep. Love my monkey tambourines. Yeah. Peace and love, Davy Jones. I'm going to play my tambourine. Tambourine! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I have a tambourine Another too, but it's a prince. Ta- it's a prince tambourine. Yeah. <laughs> is that weird yeah. that we all have tambourine? Yeah, <laughs> I, I got. I have two here and one in my car, which I got. I say I, I hide right underneath my driver's seat. So when I'm in traffic and I just want to kind of bang along to a song, pick that up and. I can I, just you know you gotta have love to love. David Wills, your thoughts on me, me and Magdalena version two? Well, I remember listening to the Beatles anthology and hearing an early version of I'll Be Back, where it was done as a waltz. And I remember thinking, okay, that's interesting, but I'm sure glad that's not the version (laughs) that they put out back in 65. The fast version, I've heard people say, boy, this is really the one. And to me, it's just so so much weaker than the album version. Doing it in this... And I get it, you know. You know, uh, if you love uh, a rock version of of anything, that's great. But it it's just robbed of the beauty and the the power and the emotional impact of uh, the album version. You know, sometimes there sometimes there's just the right treatment for a song, 
And I think they wisely chose the right treatment when they put together the album. So if we were to vote around the table right now, we would go five for five pretty much or that that the right version was chose for the proper album. Oh, easily, yeah. yeah. Easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, th- this one here sounds a little bit too muddy after hearing the original version and how beautiful that is and probably one of my top ten monkey songs. Well, I'll go further uh, when you talk about top ten monkey songs. Forget the monkeys. I mean, it's so amazing that it is one of my all-time favorite songs, period. Right up there with uh, In My Life and Pleasant Valley Sunday and Day Tripper. And I could just go on and on about bands with jangly guitars and Purple Rain and things like that. But He's a great writer, Ben Gibbard. Uh, yeah, he is. stuff with Death Cab for Cutie. I, I became aware of them with uh, Soul Meets Body, I think, in 2005. And I actually met him and interviewed him. And uh, I remember that he said that a big influence on his songwriting was Matthew Sweet. And I thought to myself, now as I listen to the album, there's a guy who could contribute to another Monkees album if John Hughes is listening. Agreed. Yeah. And along with a sometimes singing partner. Susanna Hoffs. Lovely Susanna Hoffs. Oh, the never aging Susanna Hoffs. Yeah. Yeah. How is that possible? Wow. Amazing. The lovely ladies of the Bengals. Our next track, A Better World. And this is on the FYE version. Let's listen to some of that right now. The way we live is funny. Anyone can see it's going to take more than money. Take all we got The way we live is tragic Anyone can tell It's gonna take more than magic But believe it or not There's more than enough To feed all the hungry With enough heart and soul And if we don't tire We can bring this about It's not just my imagination It's not just you and me And it's not just two or three It's the whole song has some very interesting personnel. We've got Peter Tork on lead vocals, guitar and percussion, Mickey Dolans and Coco Dolans on backing vocals, Joe Boyle from Shoe Suede Blues on lead guitar, bass and backing vocals, also Sturgis Cunningham on drums, percussion and backing vocals from Shoe Suede Blues. And we also have on strings, Caitlin Wolfberg, Corrine Olson, Emily Elkins and Eliza James. Produced by Andrew Sandoval, recorded in March of 2016. So this is pretty cool. This is uh, this is really neat. Now, and, if, if uh, I can make a quick note here, if you see this, if you hear the song on YouTube, it has it under the category of comedy. I don't know why this geez. fits into a in the category of comedy. Maybe because it's the Monkees, they did a comedy show. But their their other songs are all under music. This song is under comedy. 
Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to talk about this song a little bit. I, I love this song. It's just a fantastic song. And to me, this song almost straddles a line between, for Pete's sake, Todd Rundgren and Marvin Gaye. Did you guys get that Marvin Gaye thing? Because like, I could hear Marvin Gaye singing this. You know, Sure, very much so. Oh, lyrically, yeah, sure. And, and when you get to that... It's the whole wide world on fire. God, it just sounds like something that Marvin Gaye would have done. And that just... It just elevates it. That bit of the chorus there is just so amazing. And Peter Tork really, really sells it and delivers it really well. And of course, this was written by Nick Torkelson, Peter Tork's brother. So it has such a such a anthem feel to it. I think that's probably what you were talking about with Marvin Gaye. It really sounds like something that you'd see at a school presentation where everyone holds hands and sings, you know, We Are the World. It had that same feel to it. Agreed. Melinda Gildart, your thoughts? I was thinking on the same line as you can, and I would add one more name to that: Michael Jackson's "Man in the Mirror." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just equated it with that, and I think it's a, a great song of the four bonus tracks. This is my favorite, absolutely. Well, anytime Melinda Gildart agrees with me, I like hearing from her. Do you like to talk <laughs> more about that? No, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it really, the, just really incredible arrangement. Uh, Richard Wolofsky, your thoughts. I like the word anthem. If there was ever an anthem for a better world, well, a better world is it. And I, honestly, I was not expecting a song like this coming from Nick Torkelson, who I did a little bit of research on, and he is a cartoonist. And I thought maybe this, this would be a, a funny tongue-in-cheek song, but no, this, this is a, a beautiful song about how people just need to make the little, a little bit of an effort to make a better world. And the, the lyrics are just beautiful, and they, it's not just, a, to me, it's not, it's not a simple song where you have verse, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. This song <laughs> really goes in depth, and I would, I would say this is probably the most meaningful monkey song there is. Well, it's definitely in the same line as, uh, for Pete's sake, for sure, it's almost a sequel to it. My favorite line in this song is, you'll get your money back your heart's desire. And that one really jumped out at me because it seems like he's, he's speaking to the kids of today who just think in terms of money and power and, you know, put everything you have uh, that's a value uh, in, into this and a better world will, will come of it. And I just think that these, uh, this, this song should be an anthem. They should uh, play before graduations or every day before school starts. And you you put it out there, and you'll get it all back in in the term in terms of a full heart. Did that make sense? Yeah, very good. I was very just going over the lyrics right now, and I thought, wow, this one really sticks out at me. Well, that 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 is one line that really gets me. That's kind of on the bridge, wouldn't you say? It's 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 just really yeah a great bit. And you know, we all there is enough to really go around, but. Greed gets in our way every time. It's sad. David Wills, your thoughts on A Better World? Well, I'm about to get in everyone's way because I'm going to be swimming against the tide, I suppose. I love the sentiment of the song. I love the lyrics of the song. I love the fact that it's essentially uh, the 2016 for Pete's sake. Um, And there's the police coming to uh, make sure that I agree with all of you, by the way. Uh, 
But I feel, much like version two of Me and Magdalena, that this song suffers from the wrong treatment. Mm. I have a feeling that if this song were just Peter on his acoustic, and Lord knows he's singing better than ever these days, it would be really moving and powerful. I just don't feel that the recording does the song justice. That would be J-U-S-T-I-C-E. <laughs> well, it, it it rarely do the monkeys hit into the realm of soul. You know, they they've they've straddled so many lines, and yeah. they they've they've come into the world of soul uh, several times, like on instant replay and stuff like that. But this is one where they really, really hit it right in the nice spot for me. And you really see too why Peter has given interviews saying he was really frustrated that this wasn't on the album, and I'm right with him. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it kind of is, though. I mean, it's an FYE bonus track. It's a, it's a heck of a lot easier to find than the other three. Yeah, tracks. than the other three. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. So this leads us to our last song that, of the bonus tracks, Love Is What I Want, written by Andrew Partridge. Love's what I want. Yes, sir, it's all we have to give. Love's what I want, what I want for us all. Yes, ma'am, it's the only way to live. I know it's a dark world when we can't get along. I just had this one. Your thoughts, Jeff Garringer, on Love's What I Want. Well, I'm glad you went to me first because I, I, I got a lot of issues with this. That being said, it's my favorite of the four bonus tracks. Hmm. Um, it it kind of has a production of almost a Dave Clark 5 going on uh, with the drums and the second half of the song. And for you music scholars, that beat that they're doing is typical Bo Diddley. Yeah. I mean, they, they ripped it right off from Bo Diddley, and you can't do much better than, than Bo. Um, it was also popular. There was a group called The Strange Loves. Ghosty, mm-hmm. sure. Who of had a, had a song called "I Want Candy." I want candy. Use the same beat. Um, but the real question for me on this song is: Should the lyrics of Randy Skowskip be tagged on at the end? Um, <laughs> is this either a an homage to Mickey's song, or b a reflection that the songwriter's lyrics were weak and Mickey thought he needed to add some of his own? It's just like Randy Skowskip comes out of nowhere, and it kind of ruins the optimism of the song. I would rather, from a Friday morning cornerback standpoint, would rather have one of Davy's lyrics, maybe, so he could have kind of thrown it off as a as a tribute to Davy. I just he gets all angry like he's singing Randy Skousket, and I I don't get it. I don't get why he wanted to add that on. Maybe it's just me, but I would have loved to have seen you know something from Davy. You know, maybe when love comes knocking, a lyric like that. Mm-hmm. Melinda Gildart. This is absolutely my least favorite bonus track. <laughs> absolutely. And 
it is just so flat. It's like someone took the air out of a balloon. It's just completely flat. When I think of She Makes Me Laugh and the fact that you can put that on at a funeral and people would jump up dancing. And, and you know, sometime. Have you it, tried that? <laughs> <laughs> I go recently. to funerals specifically to dance. <laughs> doesn't matter I mean, if I know the person. doesn't matter. I go uh, for the food. Even, Yes. Food is great. Uh, even our own world, which reminds me of Hermit's Hermits, you know, with uh, I'm into something new. I, you know, I love the beginning. It sounds just like it just totally reminds me of that. And this one is just it's just so unspectacular, just n- not great at all. I, I think the fact that they threw the Randy Scouts get uh, lyrics at the end. I'm with Jeff. It's like, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's, it didn't make any sense and it didn't make it any better. So that's my take. Richard Wolofsky. I always love songs or just about anything about positivity. And I would love to hear this song and A Better World in a mashup since both songs have that same, same through line of love and giving and we can build a better world. But I, I really love the fact that at times this sounds like a nursery rhyme. It has that, has that sound to it. And it'd be great to see this become a, a song parents would sing to their children before going to bed. So let's hashtag this. Hashtag parents get on this. <laughs> and I love the part where you hear the, the background, uh, the whoever they are, if, they're, if it was just mixed in later on. But just the whole, yeah, yeah, it just sounds like the song is growing from there. And I, I got to say, I love the callback to Randy's Cow's Get. I, I really love that. And I personally, personally, I would like to hear more callbacks in future songs. Now, my head would have exploded if I had heard the last piano lick to, to Randy Scott's Git with the bong. I, lo- I love callbacks, and I love when they refer to an older piece of work. You know, it's not the callback that was weird. It's, it's Randy Scott's Git. Yeah, it, come, it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's an angry song. It's not the love song yeah. that's, that the lyrics are, are taking to this point. It's it's fighting the lyrics of this song. <laughs> like like for example, would it have been better for you if it would have been why don't you be like me? Why don't you stop and see? Why don't you love who I love? Love who I love to be free? Would that have worked for you? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's just no pleasing some people. <laughs> but there's an anger to the lyrics of Randy Skowskit, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why we love the song. Mm-hmm. But in this context, it just to me, it, it just like hits you with a like hits you in the head with a with a wooden pallet. It's like, wait, what? Why, why are we doing this now? I just I, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. David Wills. Well, I already said earlier that terrifying was my favorite of the three I, of the four. Rather, I'm with Melinda. This is the worst of them. I am a huge Andy Partridge fan, and I was thrilled that he was writing songs for the, the new monkeys uh, record, not the new monkeys. The new, yeah, but there might be a new, get Marty Ross on the phone. Now's the time to strike. <laughs> <laughs> so I love Andy Partridge and I love his work and I'm a huge XTC fan and I was so looking forward to it. And he delivered with you bring the summer. This is where Melinda and I disagree on this. One. I, I love that track. It's classic Andy Partridge. This, Loves What I Want, is a very slight composition. Um, loves what I want, what I... I mean, I could have written that. It's, and, and, and the recording, even that seems lifeless. Yeah. Um, 
you know, is it's it's a nice message. I get the feeling that the the lyrics to Randy Scouse get were tagged on at the end out of desperation. Like this is just not working. Let's just throw something in here to kind of beef it up a little bit. I hate to be hey, I hate to go negative on uh, these bonus tracks. I just got through saying that there was not a single bad track on the Good Times album, and that's true. It's a different story for some of these uh, uh, bonus cuts. Maybe if Love's What I Want had a more dynamic production, but it just seems very flat, the, the whole thing. The, this would be the least of the uh, bonus cuts for me. I will say this about Love's What I Want. I, I absolutely love the lines. Perhaps they never had that someone saying, I love you. Perhaps they weren't cuddled by their mother. And then later it says, perhaps they never had that someone special in their life, that someone who would call them honey. And <laughs> to me, it, you know, I listen to that song. I, does anybody watch Dancing with the Stars? Constantly. Yep. Occasionally. That Always. song, this song, Love is What I Want, would work for one hell of a quick step number. <laughs> think about it. next time it's playing just think about this being done and there's bruno and len and everybody and they're voting and you get a 10 oh. from the this has got karina smirnoff written all over it Ugh. and then all of a sudden you have and don't you cut your hair and don't you live up there <laughs> here's a great question you guys do you think any one of these four songs demands to be on the real album for me, a better world. A better world, yes. For me, terrifying. But I wouldn't take anything off good times. No, just add it on. Like, yeah. you know, put it part of the real album. That's interesting. Can I read something I found on monkeyslivealmanac.com? It's a review, and it goes like this. Uh, this woman writes in and writes, Fantastic song. I purchased a good time CD, but will now search for another one that includes this song and a better world. I teach an elective class to middle school students called Anne Frank Lessons from the Holocaust, and after hearing this song and A Better World, I will definitely play and include both songs in my lesson plan from when my students wrap up our semester-long study by reflecting upon how each of us can make a better world through love and tolerance. Thank you. I thought that was just, just beautiful how people want to bring the monkeys into schools and how to teach people how to live a better life you listen to this song it's it's just right there yeah yeah and maybe so this just like maybe the songs do fall a, a little bit flat but i think some monkey songs do fall a little bit flat but that's the beauty of them and it's to me it's the it's the storytelling and what the song conveys that really that really calls out to me even the beatles did i know your name so <laughs> <laughs> well it's it's worth noting that the, the four tracks that we've talked about, I, obviously I've seen reaction on Facebook and I've heard other shows discuss these. And, you know, the opinions run the gamut. Yeah. Loves What I Want for some people is, you know, the, the greatest song out of this whole batch. Um, you know, I've heard people say that the Me and Magdalena Electric should have been on the album. Uh, I mean, what it comes down to is, hey, we've got these songs. And in this day and age, if you want to create a playlist, you can make your own good times and have an even better time, I guess. Uh -huh. For me, the album itself is perfect, and this is just sort of like gravy. So we can be critical, but I'm thankful that 
we were at least given some gravy for our mashed potatoes. And they're damn fine mashed potatoes. Well, <laughs> I'm going to oppose you. I think that it is a wonderful ice cream with a delicious fudge topping. <laughs> <laughs> we're still talking about food. <laughs> are, are those toppings with rice aroni? No, sprinkles. <laughs> you, you, there was something you wanted to bring up, Richard? Yeah, I wanted to ask everyone this. Out of all these four songs we just looked at, is there a monkey romp song among them? Was there a monkey romp running through your head as you heard any of these songs? Mm, not really. No. Really? <laughs> well, I'll vote for what? Love What I Want. I mean, yeah, it's I would think tune so, yeah. and it's got a cute, you know, backbeat drum line. And yeah, that could be a. a yeah, you could see video. them taking away the guns from people and, you know. And then they can cut to Mickey wearing the smock and playing his, his timpani drum. Right. There you go. <laughs> In fact, someone, if they were really clever and had a YouTube account, could probably sync that moment up and loves what I want to. Mickey in doing Randy Scouts get and make a passable romp video for that. Dosti, have you have you seen some of the romps people have, have done on, I online? Have, I have. God, they're great. Yeah. Oh, she makes me laugh. Is just perfect. You would think that was actually something you had seen in the sixties or seventies when the when the monkeys aired. Yeah, I love that one. Well, so what do we do about these bonus tracks? Are there any of them that you want swapped out for the the songs? On the pro- on the album proper, yeah. hell no. I, no. I I would swap out "Little Girl" with "A Better World." Okay. Oh, that that, that was Richard Wolofsky sent all hate mail to <laughs> through never. I love the song "Little Girl," <laughs> and I, I I think it's uh, I think it's such a clever piece. I, I, I that's one of my favorites actually from the record. So, have you noticed how Peter's voice has gotten better over the years? Yeah. Peter is I really notice it on that song. He's he's a revelation. If I have one criticism, and it's a slight criticism because it's such a great album and it makes me happy and it makes everyone else happy, I just wish that there had been a Mike or Peter vocal earlier in the album. Because, you know, as wonderful as Mickey is, it's like it's like the Mickey show for side one. And then we get the rest of the guys. I kind of wish that uh, maybe Birth of an Accidental Hipster had been moved up to track three or something like that. That's really the only complaint I would have. Now, let me ask you guys real quick. There's, there are two songs that, to me, are open to interpretation. Now, when I think of me and Magdalena, it means something to me that I'm not sure it means something you know, the same thing to everybody else. But I don't get that same feeling from me and Magdalena version two. Like, that just sounds like you're riding in a car with uh, your girl or your lady. and To a crowded beach. Know, yeah. It's just, <laughs> just driving and getting up, sleeping late, and, you know, life is good. But when I listen to the slow song, we've had users on the Facebook page who have thought that the song might have been about a man who's in love with a woman who possibly has Alzheimer's. And we've also heard it about somebody who may be speaking about a woman who's dying. Or we've dead. also talked about uh, people, someone having uh, an, an older gentleman who's with a slightly younger woman who he's trying to ask her about 
you know, what's life and death to you and, you know, do you think of your father and all this stuff and all of these things are valid interpretations to me. You know what I'm saying? And uh, especially when you think about, like, the woman dying or the Alzheimer's thing, you know. I've ne- but that's what makes for a cool song. It means something different to everybody. I, I go back on the podcast that we did where we talked about She Makes Me Laugh. Mm-hmm. Some of us looked at it, you know, as a girlfriend, boyfriend. Others looked at it as a father, daughter. It just all depends how you want to, you know, internalize it. Very good. Well, does it mean anything to anybody particular? Or? I would go with the Alzheimer's reference. The lyrics, what do you see in the depths of your night? You know, for someone who's suffering from Alzheimer's, the, their world is cloudy. And they, they can never really, you know, gather their thoughts. And, and things are just not as clear. And they, you know, can only reference back to the early stages of, of their life. And, and so I would take it to mean someone who's helping someone through Alzheimer's. Wow, I didn't I didn't see that at all. I just I saw it as someone who was dreaming. What do you see in the depths of your night? Do you see your long lost father? Does he hold you with the hands you remembered as a child? To me that that's that speaks to me as someone who's dreaming. And then there's the spiritual side of it where it says uh, that everything lost will be recovered, you know. It's uh right. Just just amazing. Any any other closing thoughts on me and Magdalena? Still one of my favorite monkey songs, and everyone can look at it, like you just said, a thousand different ways, and that's what art is. Someone gets a different interpretation of it. As long as it evokes some kind of an emotion, that's beautiful. And I think this song does just that. It's just a beautiful song, either way you look at it, any well, way you look at it. I'll tell you, when I first heard it, I got goosebumps when I first heard the lyrics and and Mickey and Mike's harmony lines is just just amazing. Uh, hair on your skin raising inducing moments, just yes. fantastic, just fantastic. The other song that really leaves a person with uh, what the heck is this song about is "Birth of an Accidental Hipster." Uh, any thoughts on what "Birth of an Accidental Hipster" is? No, I just thought it was a cool song. I, it isn't one that, I, you know, it's so fun and creative. It, it isn't one that I sat and started going through the lyrics, but Ken, it sounds like you have. Well, uh, <laughs> I wonder if it's about a guy dying or getting into something else because he's talking about how, like, his friends think he's nuts or, you know, they, they, that, you know that he's lost his way. And, and then the choir of angels all sing along and... Which is another Randy Scouse, D.W. Washburn type moment, you know. Does it the song have any special meaning to you, Melinda? Well, I have two separate interpretations, and one of them being similar to yours is, this is about someone dying. Um, I'm headed out into the sunshine. You know, we all see the light. You know, when we pass. Um, and do you know where you where we go? Do you know when we go? Yes. No one knows. No one can predict their death. They don't know. Uh, they believe that. They may believe that there is an afterlife, but, you know, it's about faith. So, um, yeah, I can definitely see that interpretation. But then also, um, I think it's about a rebirth into a new level in your life, a new stage in your life. And the line that uh, I love Mickey's lines in this, you know, high in the rooftop singing a song, Uh choir of angels all sing along. As far as dream interpretation, you know, being on a rooftop can mean that you are 
ready to enter a new stage in your life or you're ready to accept new spiritual ideals or you're even uh, between the separation between conscious and an unconscious mind. So it's it's really, really deep song. I, I love it. I love being able to pull those lyrics apart. But yeah, I could see it going either of those two ways. Anyone else? When I first no, I'm way the, too shallow. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I mean, this I'm I'm the guy who suggested the Spice Girls cast. Right. I'm not reading too much into <laughs> all these songs. Speaking of too shallow, what what in the world does the line <laughs> "feeling to your knees" mean? <laughs> I get that. That's a, that's an evocative uh, line. Sure, you, know? you can it's, be weak in the knees. Sure, yeah. you could be. You know, it shakes me to my core. Feel me to my knees. I like yeah. that. Yeah. We didn't take it sexually, Ken. No, no. I was to me. I, <laughs> what did it feel like, like to you, Ken? Like like a guy mm. going out into the waves, and you're feeling it up to your knees, except it's sun. You know, the sun's. You know, the, those are words, but the way you just said it conveyed something else. Ken, oh. you're amongst friends. You you can talk to us. <laughs> well, are you in love with the sun? Yeah, I'm in love with the song. But you know, one thing one thing I can say for sure, even if we don't know what birth of an accidental hipster is about we do know that it's about three minutes and 31 seconds long (laughs) (laughs) there we go so to me i look at this as you've got the album proper and then you've got the good times plus on record store day yeah (laughs) and there you go you've got like the monkeys and more of the monkeys this is good times and more of the good times there you more go. More of the good times. I like that. More of the good times. Their follow-up album is going to be more of the Jeffersons. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, everybody. To, to the, the east side. To <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a oh, hold on. That's going to be played on the Hold lookers. on here. Shouldn't we, we really should be singing the theme to good times, right? Temporary layoffs. Good, good times. <laughs> Easy credit ribs. Good, Good times. times. Ain't we lucky we got them? Good times. Hello, Silch Nason. Is anyone left? Silch Nason, <laughs> yeah. anyone left? Uh, great. And now I have good times in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Love is what I want, but I'll settle for like. Well, I'd like to thank you all for coming on and being part of Zilch tonight. I'd like to thank you, Melinda Gildart. Oh, no problem, Ken. Always, always eager to participate. Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> you know, Jeff Garringer, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I think it's been so cool that here we've been supportive and we love this new album, yet we also can, we're at the point now that we love it so much, we're just nitpicking. And uh, thank you, John Hughes. Thank you, Andrew Sandoval. This is the best present a Monkees fan could ever, ever have. Agreed. Agreed. And Richard Woloski, we'd like to thank you for, for being on the show. You know, Jeff and you both have something in common. You both recently interviewed James Frawley. We'd like to encourage you to check out Skywalking Through Neverland. Skywalking Through Neverland. Yeah, at skywalkingthroughneverland.com and at retrozap.com. We just talked to James Frawley on episode 121. It was just amazing. And Ken, I've got to sing your praises because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have gotten this gentleman, this icon on Skywalking Through Neverland. And even though he didn't have anything to do with Star Wars or Disney, we fixed it in where it was all Muppets related because Disney owns the Muppets. So there's your six degrees. Yeah, it, it now it now fits perfectly together. And of course, David Wills, one of the voices, the mighty, mighty voices of Zilch. I'd like to thank you, sir, for everything you've done. Go see, you know, it's it's weird calling you David now, but uh, it's weird for me. I, yeah, yeah I, 
I don't even go by that. Usually. Well, you are still the ghosty with the mosty, and you you have an amazing voice, and we're glad that you lend it to our audience. Well, thanks for having me, and remember, everyone, 2016 is the year of the monkeys. <laughs> So we would like our listeners to let us know on our Facebook page what are your top five songs. What does me and Magdalena mean to you? And what does birth of an accidental hipster mean to you? And we want to encourage our listeners to jump on out there on Record Store Days because this pressing is limited to only 2,500 copies. Good Times Plus will be pressed on 10-inch red opaque vinyl. So get out there and get it. If you want it, you better get on the stick. We want to thank you for listening today, and we hope everybody has a wonderful holiday season. Stay safe, stay warm. The monkeys are headed on their way to Australia after this break. So everybody down under, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Everyone down in New Zealand, just have a great, have, have some good times. And some good times plus. So thank you for listening to Zilch. See you on Facebook and on Twitter at ZilchCast. We will see you on the next episode of Zilch, a podcast full of monkeys. Ready, guys? In this generation, in this loving time. Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self-defense. Mr. Bobolino, Mr. Bob Dabolino. Why don't you look in? Wait, I am standing up. And that's our show. Zilch is an online nonprofit monkeys audio fanzine made by fans for fans. Any samples of music or interviews heard remain property of their owners. We are not related to the monkeys or any of their members, past or present. We are not affiliated with Rhino or Ray Bird. If you hear anything you like from the band, go on Amazon or iTunes and buy it. If you enjoyed the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your announcer, Chelsea Epstein, saying always take some time to monkey around. <laughs> Don't now. Now really, everybody cool it because I won't be able to get through this. Action. Hey, wow. It's a groovy button. What does it say? Love is the ultimate trip. Oh, gee, that's a nice thought. Gee, that's a neat button. What does it say? Let's go again. Thank you, Sean. Hi, Zilch Nation. Hello. <laughs> Walk. Zilch Nation says hi. He said Zilch Nation says hi. <laughs> He's taking it to the next level. But, you know, when you get John Hughes coming on the show saying, hey, Zilch Nation. Sure. And great, great call-outs over at Amoeba when they kept mentioning Ken Mills and Zilch. That was yeah. awesome. I loved hearing those people cheer. That was just so hard. And when Bobby Hurt said my name, I just about fell out of my chair. I was sitting here. Myself. <laughs> I fell out of my chair when he said that. <laughs> Still on By the way, speaking of flavorful spices, will there ever yes. be a spice cast? Because, spice as you cast. know... The 20th anniversary of the Spice... We're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Monkees, but the 20th anniversary of the Spice Girls is just months away. And they're in the studio just like the Monkees. Right. And I am and I am half kidding. Oh, someone <laughs> call Andrew Sandoval. I, lo- I love the Spice Girls. David, I have yeah. to ask you what you want. What you really, really want is a Spice want, cast. That's right. I want John Hughes and Andrew Sandoval to mastermind the uh, next Spice Girls reunion album. Oh, come on, Ken. You can you can do another podcast. You're only doing what uh, six? Uh, yeah, nineteen or so a month. Um, and I'm right, and I never lie. So vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can I be Adam West in the Batman episode, who's so honest and forthright, and of course, no one shows up to his uh, campaign speeches. No, there was an episode of Batman where Adam West uh, 
you know, his Batman ran for mayor. And of course, uh, I think it was the the Penguin who was running for mayor yep. and the Penguin promised everything. And of course, he was very popular and nobody wanted to vote for Batman because he was actually telling the truth and being honest. Well, not only that, what, what clinched it for the Penguin was his band at the rally was Paul Revere and the Raiders. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so take that. The, that the, the plot penguin? of the Tim Burton Batman 1989 movie with the Joker? It was actually. Okay. It was sounded no, familiar. No, it was the plot of Batman. Yeah, Batman Returns. It was the yeah right out of the TV. Show. Oh, that's oh there you oh you know what I never put that together. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Sadly, Paul Revere and the Raiders did not get the call back for that. So no, no, that but, was, neither, neither so did Tons. Paul Revere and the Raiders and the Penguins. It's kind of a crossover because the Penguin did show up on an episode of the Monkeys. But that there gig went to right. Herman's Hermits. Yeah, right. despite being told he was not allowed to do that by the show's producers. He went on. He didn't have himself addressed as the Penguin. He just went over in the costume and sat down. That's why he has no speaking lines or anything. Now, you don't happen to have monkey magic open in front of you, do you? No. Information? No, oh. it's an excellent book. But it's an excellent way to plug Melanie Mitchell's fine book, Monkey Magic, where details such as these <laughs> are... <laughs> illustrated for all to see. Uh, somebody is making a noise. It sounds like a microphone, like bristles are rushing. Yeah, someone's car- microphone is rubbing against their clothes. Did you well, guys hear I'll, that? I'll, I'll I'll take my clothes off. <laughs> I, I do every podcast in the Well, news. if you're going to do it, then I'm going to do it. Damn it, here we go. The first nude zilch. All, all nude. Strip zilch. Yeah. <laughs> Strip zilch. For every opinion you give, an article of clothing must come on. <laughs> That's making the blooper real for sure. All righty. Here we go. So, Get it all out. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Is this your Bar- Barry White impression there that we're hearing? Let me tell you. From Morris Day to Barry White. Oh, okay. <laughs> 70 soul singers for 500, Alex? <laughs> I've got 35 pages of notes. Oh, there you yeah, go. I've, got, I've got pages of notes, too. All in uh, nine-point font. Nice. <laughs> Single-spaced. I, I wrote a term paper. Don't change things now. Well, you still can turn it in. That's the... A monkeys in society and you. Oh, yeah. it wouldn't be the first just... time I've ever written a term paper on the monkeys for college. <laughs> yes! Yellow. Come on. I was put on hold and it was very lonely. I was I was a scared. I thought it was me. I thought I hit something. Hey, ghosty. Caitlin Wolfberg. Corin Ol Court Corin He does her from Dicker and Dicker of Beverly Hills. Riceroni, the San Francisco treats. Now you know, they would lose money on that shit with me because I love Riceroni. I would clean them out. I would. I love it. And throw in some hamburger helper. Oh, oh forget it. I'm, I'm in heaven. Life is good. Are you hungry, Ghosty? <laughs> I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry when I'm taking Ghosty? off my clothes and doing podcasts. How do you think you got the name Ghosty? He's too thin from not eating enough rice running. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. He's been we'll sucked on a tube of turtle wax for the last six weeks. <laughs> no wonder I think right. every... No. <laughs> We know what we know. 
I'm sending her a Facebook message right now. Derek, (laughs) we are all talking about you right now. Please send your lawsuits to Ken Mills at 555 Fake Street. Ooh, that's a good address. (laughs) This call. Um, (laughs) She actually Facebooked me and said she's listening to this show live. I'm not sure how she's doing that. Great. (laughs) She controls space and time. You realize we're going to have to, like, zerp up her name or something. Of course. And it'll be a mystery for the ages. People yeah. will say, what is her name? Hello, friends of Zilch. I'm Craig. And I'm Megan. And if you're looking for even more Monkeys content, you can find us at Same Page Cast On the Pods and Sods Network at iTunes. Hi again, fellow Monkeys fans. Al Bigley here, also known as Mendrick the Magnificent. And your favorite humble mentalist, Alan Oraculo Williams. We just wanted to let you know about our new monkeys podcast called The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Where we reminisce and ruminate along with you guys about our favorite entertainment entity, The Monkeys. Who? Oh, oh, of course, The Monkeys. We talk about anything and everything. Our own personal memories and opinions, watershed moments in the group's history... You'll hear my partner's famous, amazing remixes of your favorite monkey tunes. Who knows what else we can think of, depending on whether the brain cells work. That's right. Find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Or go to blockspot.com and search for us there. A monkey's podcast for everyone. The Texas Prairie Chicken Home Companion. Check us out. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Hello, Skywalkers. Listen. Hey, hey, Zilch Nation! Are you looking for a fun-filled Star Wars and Disney podcast? Well, if you answered yes, then join me, Richard Woloski, and my sweetie wife, Sarah, on Skywalking, Skywalking Through, Through Neverland. Neverland. We are the family-friendly Star Wars and Disney podcast that brings you entertaining stories from creators and fans. And we're also big monkey fans, too, so of course we have to slip in some monkey stories and interviews like our discussion with director James Frawley. We also would go to the beach, for example, with the four boys, and I would just say, okay, roll down the hill. (laughs) Do a funny walk. Did you create the monkey walk? Yeah, I mean, we did it together. You can hear us every week. We are Skywalking Through Neverland, wherever podcasts are played, and at skywalkingthroughneverland.com. We look forward to having you in our Skywalker family. And always remember, Neverland on Alderaan. Or Mammoth Studios. I get that now.